Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During our show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this episode is different because we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic while physically distancing, which means we're not in the studio together and we're using Zoom audio. So it might be a little bit different than what you're used to, but we are all just doing the best we can with what we have. And I'm super duper excited about our guest here today with me. Chris Burns, he, him, aka Fat Carrie Bradshaw, is a comedian, actor, writer, and drag queen based in New York City. Chris is also the co-host of the Bachelor podcast and Middle Children podcast, and you can follow him on Insta at at Carrie, nope, at Fat Carrie Bradshaw for everything else. <laughs> Chris, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for being here. How's it going? Good. I'm excited. I miss I miss the improv. I I miss you know seeing the show in real life, but isn't that everyone's case? Yeah, I miss it too. I was um. I think it was either looking at video, I'm going through my phone and looking at pictures and videos. And I was like, dang, I just really miss this so much. I know I miss, I, I, I've been like, why do I feel so dead inside all the time? And I'm like, I guess when you go from performing all the time to just not doing any of that, I'm like, I just am watching documentaries about like living off the land in Alaska. It's like my thrill these days. So mm. Yeah. so have you have you done any kind of virtual performing yeah so I've done quite a bit um because of work stuff but it's not the same you know but it's good I can't complain too much yeah yeah it's definitely it's its own I was I was kind of worried about that in the very beginning thank you for coming out did like a talent show Mm. and a storytelling show and I was like how is this going to be received and it still was like a pretty warm, lovely feeling. So it's different. It's of course, it's yeah. not the same, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm like, I just miss like the audience, the feeling, <laughs> but yeah, it'll yeah. come back. It'll come back. That's just, we got to keep telling ourselves that. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta have hope. <laughs> um, so we all have multiple coming out stories. Um, and so I'm, and I would love for, to hear one of yours. Um, well, we can start from the beginning. When, okay. So I came out late. I was like 21 or 22. Um, I think I was 22. I don't know why I always forget the actual age. I think it was 21. It was the summer between junior and senior year of college. So it must have been 21. And obviously, like growing up, I always knew something was different. But as many a uh, queer uh, child does they don't know why and so I remember thinking I realized at like 15 I think was probably when I was like okay this is what is going on um because I remember watching porn for the first time and I would like google how to mute just the woman (laughs) (laughs) and I was like wait that can't be a normal thing um and so I just kind of drilled it into my head. I was like, you don't ever have to tell anybody you're gay. Just never date anyone. Because I also, like, I never dated anyone. I very, um, I could never do that. Like, it's just too hard for me to pretend, I guess. Um, so I was like, I'll just never date anyone. I'll just be married to my career my whole life, blah, blah, blah. But then, obviously, it got harder and harder and harder. And then I was 21 at an Outback Steakhouse in a strip mall in Albany. And the Outback Steakhouse is next to a sex toy shop. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I was with my best friend, Kate, who has been my best friend since we were like five. She grew up next door. And we were waiting for a table. And I was like the absolute, I think, most miserable I ever was. And I was like, if I don't say this out loud, I'm going to die. Um. And we were sitting at the table and I was like, wouldn't it be weird if you were a lesbian? And she was like, 
no, I would just be a lesbian. And I was like, okay, glad to hear that because (laughs) I think I'm gay. And she was like, oh my God, finally, blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. Yeah. Um, And so it felt obviously good to do that, but it also felt like now there's no like return. Mm -hmm. Um, And she also has like such a big mouth. So I knew that there was no return and the real concern was obviously my family um and her so I was like don't like you can tell our friends I don't want to tell everyone like just you can tell who you want but don't tell your family yet she has like a huge family from Staten Island um who I'm close with and that night at like like literally I dropped her off at her house and then got um a call from her mom crying being like I'm just so happy for you like her aunt crying her dad like uh messaged me on Facebook and I was like okay I have to tell my parents so I was like okay I'll do it when I get home obviously I did not do that I just lied awake all night long and then had to go to work the next morning at the liquor store and her family owns a liquor store, ironically. And so I was going to work there and she got there before me. So it was like, everyone at work is going to know when I walk in the door. So I was like, I have to tell my mom. And she was pulling weeds in her garden and I was just like pacing. And she's like, you're going to be late for work. What are you doing? And I was like, I have to tell you something. Uh, I think I'm gay, blah, blah. Um, Started crying. She was like, okay, this is obviously something you've, been thinking about for some time um and then that night I was like you can tell dad and um my two brothers I'm in the middle of two uh brothers and so they obviously well not obviously I was surprised they like did not care at all I think they had assumed as well my parents were surprisingly surprised I thought it would be pretty well known but it was not um but they were just like, you know, whatever makes you happy. But we're not a big um, emotion talking family. So not even about being gay, but like they wouldn't talk to my brothers about who they were dating either, really. We just don't really talk about that stuff. So after coming out, we didn't talk about it for like years. Um, I moved to the city right after college. And then when I was like 24, my mom had texted me and was like, do you have something to tell us? And I was like, what? Like, I literally had no idea what she was talking about. Hmm. And I was also like high as a kite. So I was like, (laughs) I I can't do this right now. (laughs) And she was like, shot my cousin. She's like, your cousin said something about you coming out on Facebook. Mind you, what I did was Facebook. The best part about being gay is the white wine spritzers. (laughs) (laughs) So it was not coming out. I didn't think it was news. And I was like, what? I told you this. It was like the worst day of my life. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're happy, we just didn't know it was like, you know, final. (laughs) Um, But since then, things have gotten so much better. And now it's been, I've been home with my family, like on and off since quarantine started. Um, And it's actually been really good. They're like, you forget people grow and like change so it's been kind of like a whole new world and they're both very um on board and you know I have to get into drag all the time for for work stuff so I'm doing that at their house and my mom's like zipping up my dress and stuff so it's definitely I never ever thought at 21 that I would be walking around in full face and like a padded bra and um like a bathing suit while my dad is like asking if I need help with my ring light. So (laughs) (laughs) it's true what they say. It does get better. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for listening. Yeah. I love, I love listening to these stories. Um, Before I, before I like kind of ask you a few questions, I I can't help but notice the, the uh, wig wall that you have yes very moira rose i'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that it's not the first (laughs) although i did have it first um (laughs) i do have so this is i'm like moving out of my apartment in the next two weeks and back up to albany for 
the time being. So I have like 10 wigs there. And then I have these, and then I have a bag next to me that has like, I think I literally have like 55 wigs or something like that. I was counting while I was doing it today. Um, But I do love them. And I'm like, I can't part with any of them. As I was packing, I was like throwing out like sweaters, but the wigs, every single one of them has to come. So I I do, I do love that I have them. Yeah. Do you, are they, do they have names? Do you like know each one that you have and like, do the wigs ever inspire characters? The wig, it's usually the wig and then the character. I'll be mm. like, I'll see a wig and I'll be like, that'll be fun for this character. Mm. Um, a lot of them, thankfully, I was able to buy as like props for my job and then keep them. But those, like the the big pink ones and like the yellow ones, those are kind of just for fun when I would like have shows and stuff. So they don't really have names. There's too many of them and I'm, I'm terrible with names. So I, I know I have like the mom ones and the, I know the vibes of each one. Mm. I have like the rich, if I want to look rich, if I want to look, you know, country, I have all my vibes. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I'll say. I love that. Um, so I just like, I'm, I'm like picturing this like strip mall of like Outback Steakhouse, sex toy yeah. shop. Was there something that like, cause you said, if I don't say this out loud now, like it was like, just, just going to be the end. Was there something that kind of like led up to that moment or was it just kind of, I don't know. You, t- I don't really, I, I really don't know what, I think I was so miserable back then um you know you forget like how miserable you were and even now I'm like when I'm feeling miserable I'm like it's been much worse and many times it's been much worse um so I think that was just like really I just wasn't myself at all and even in college like I don't think I was fully who I was at all until probably like a year into living here like I didn't know any any queer people at all like any gay people any trans people any anyone that was not like a cis straight person um aside from my friend's uncle who would come into town sometimes from Brooklyn who was gay and I know obviously in high school I knew everyone was like talking behind my back saying that um and then I know my friend Kate, the one I came out to, I remember being like 12 and her being like, my mom and my aunt Susan were talking about how they think you're gay. Oh my <laughs> and goodness. I was like, <laughs> and I was like so embarrassed. Um, I just spent so long, I think like hiding everything that I was. And as lame as it sounds, like Lady Gaga, when she first, I remember seeing her at the 2009 BMA Awards and I was like, that is what I want. Like, I like live for this. Um and that was kind of like a turning point, I feel like, because um, I went to SUNY Oneonta, so it wasn't much different from where I grew up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a job at a restaurant in Chelsea when I first moved here. So I went from like nothing to everything uh, overnight. And it was like a culture shock, but I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I worked with at that restaurant, you know, almost nine years ago. So wow. it was... Uh, you know, I wouldn't do anything different. Although sometimes I'm like, I wish I could go back into high school and be like who I am now because mm-hmm. I would number one, not go to gym class unless I wanted to. Like there's so many things that I'm like, <laughs> yes. I can't believe I did that. Um, but yeah, I think it was just like a culmination of constantly feeling miserable. I almost like don't remember how miserable it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, our our brains uh, are miraculous or not yeah. in that way of, of hiding things, but then always will come back to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, and I like uh, shared a room with my with my younger brother growing up, and I remember being like, "He's going to be weird about it," and but he wasn't at all, and never like even since the day that I came out, both my brothers were like, "Yeah," I I mean, I think they were like, "Yeah, we know," <laughs> um, but I was I was grateful for that. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. I think I I was so terrified to come out to my family because I didn't know how they'd react. And I yeah, um, kind of like how you like tested Kate of like, wouldn't it be weird if you were a lesbian? Just like to gauge her reaction. Um, 
I did that all the time. I'd be like, what if one of my friends was gay or like what? It, never. It was never me. But like, what if this other person and just, you know, to test it out because it's you never know because I mean, there yeah. are so many people who do get kicked out of their houses or worse. Yeah. I mean, I remember there was a few kids who had come out while I was in high school and I was like, not friends with them but I remember wanting to be friends with them mm. but then I was like well if I'm friends with them then everyone will think I'm gay and so that's the shit that I'm like I wish that I wasn't like that back then but yeah there's nothing you can do to change it so yeah uh, I remember there were a few people in high school who I thought maybe were gay um and so I bullied them because I was like so if I bully them then no one will think that I'm gay because a fellow gay wouldn't bully another gay, uh, which yeah. is very false. And second, um, I ended up like up reaching out to the, these people that I bullied in high school and apologizing. I was just like, I was a little shit in high school because I was so miserable and you didn't deserve that. And um, everyone was very like lovely. And then one person was like, yeah, you were a real asshole. And I was like, oh. yes, thank you. <laughs> I know. And that's why I'm saying sorry. <laughs> That's so funny to me that I did something that is equally as bad. It was, I remember there was this kid that I like low key had a crush on who I think might be gay. Now I've heard through the grapevine, but I don't know. I haven't seen him in, you know, what did I get? Like 12 years since high school. Um, But I remember this other kid who had come out as bi like the year before and him were like, friends and like flirty but I remember being so jealous that like mm. he, he was flirting with him that I was like you know he's like into into men I'm just like warning you <laughs> to like try to get him to stop talking to him because I was like no pick me um but he was like okay and I was like okay <laughs> I, I guess we're all queer here then <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I do regret that. And that kid, I think, is, like, married with, like, five kids now. Hmm. So you never know. You never know. That's reminding me of, I remember so, like, the, like, I hung out with a lot of, all of my friends, most of my friends in high school were cis women. And, me too. Mm, and <laughs> um, they're good people. But um, some of them. A lot yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember when we would like drink a lot and then like certain like friends would make out for like the boys viewing pleasure mm-hmm. and mine. But also I was like, <laughs> why can't I be one of these people who's doing like, I was like zero times was I ever like one of the people to make out for quote unquote fun. And I was like, ah, this is so rude. I was like, of all the people, why can't I? Yeah, no, I remember my girlfriends doing that too for guys and wanting to be like, what if the guys did it? <laughs> would that just be so stupid? Like, if the guys be did it too? So dumb. Like if you dared me and I, I would have to do it. It would be so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, see, I wish I could go back. I just listened. Do you know that song driver's license? That was like, everyone was talking it's like so stupid it's like some 17 year old song but everyone's like why am I crying to a song about a 17 year old getting her driver's license and I listened to it and I was like oh my god I wish I could go back to high school and be who I was oh my Um, god (laughs) so it's just it's funny I should listen to it who sings it Olivia Rodrigo or something like that hmm Never heard. I'll, uh, I, think, I'll... I think she's um, Gabriella in the like new High School Musical version or something. Oh, I've actually never seen any High School Musical anything and know nothing about it. You know, I, <laughs> except that it exists. I've seen like the original first one like once. I think I'm not mm. like a uh, High School Musical head by any means. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I was like maybe just slightly too old when it came out. Not that that's ever stopped me before, but I think I don't know. Yeah, I don't even remember. Um, so I, I think I'm thinking too about what you were just talking about, uh, or what you shared about once you like when Kate says, "Oh my God, finally," and then you said, "There's no return," and like thinking, was there more to that than Kate having a big mouth and telling everybody? Oh, totally. I I, I felt like once I told her, like that was it. You know, I, 
once you tell anyone it's real is what it it felt like to me I think that's true for a lot of things um so yeah I remember telling her and being like okay like this is it and I texted I lived with five four girls in my senior year of college um Mm -hmm. in like this big house and I just texted them (laughs) before like over the summer and they were like seriously you're doing this through text and I was like yeah I'm doing this through text because I just I also was very uncomfortable with myself like I remember after Kate I told Kate she was like so do you think Brian's cute who was this guy that we work with who was so hot and she was like do you think Brian's cute and I was like too soon I can't (laughs) I can't talk like this yet Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was it was something but I remember just like that was the worst I I truly am like I used to be I feel like so much braver even than I am now Mm. um but I feel obviously great that I did it I just wish I had done it sooner yeah I, I came out at 20 I think um yeah I was 20 because I couldn't I couldn't drink legally yet didn't stop me but (laughs) (laughs) um that was so that's so real for me too I I came when I told my sister she was like sweetie or something like like that was like meant to be or like I know it's like like meant to be so like supportive but I was like no 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 but I've been trying to hide this and if you know who else knows and it also I also had that feeling of like okay there's and then she was like pretend threatening me to like tell threatening that she was going to tell my parents um, see that I'm like that is my that's what I was like I have to tell them I can't live in fear of them finding out yeah yeah I, I ended up telling my mom like pretty shortly thereafter and then had her tell my dad um I just couldn't do it um but I really, I would like, I remember like after coming out to my sister, it really is a feeling for me, like that point of there's no, of no return. Like now I actually have to like do this yeah. because <laughs> it's like hypothetical when you're in the closet. And then when you say it, I mean, even if you say something, you don't have to act on anything, but it like one yeah. doesn't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hadn't been with anyone or anything at the, uh, before um, I came out. But it's very, I'm like, obviously, I have to tell everyone now because like, what am I going to marry a woman and have Kate like at the wedding being like, um, <laughs> over a blooming onion, this is not the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just people that were able to do it in high school. I'm like, more power to you. I don't know how you, how you were, but good for you. And yeah it's you know any any coming out I think is a big deal yeah it absolutely is um and yeah you like you know this but for anyone listening um you don't have to have like dated anyone or had sex or hooked up with anyone to know yourself to be a queer person yeah it's, it's who you are it's yeah you know really I mean that was when I hear stories of like people who like dated um the same sex before and then like came to the realization that they were gay and I'm like wow we really all do have different journeys because <laughs> I'm like I wish that's how I got here <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it would have been so much better <laughs> I know I like went through a phase after I came out of like sleeping with as many men as I could because mm. I was like just I couldn't handle the actual like putting into practice mm. and de- and 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 you know being a queer person so I kind of it's not that I went back in the closet but I just was not being true to myself and not that like someone who comes out as queer who is identifying as a woman at the time can't sleep with men and that's not valid but for me that was not what was right for me yeah totally I mean that's like I texted my friends in college but I only talked about it when I was very drunk and like with them, nobody else really like knew aside from, I'm sure they did, but nobody, I didn't talk about it with anyone but them. And I mean, still to this day, I have a hard time warming up to, to uh, men, like straight men, especially, but even gay, queer, like any, any man, it takes me harder. I, I just feel like nervous because I think 
in high school. I was like, I'm going to get beat up if they find out. And in retrospect, I'm like, I probably would not have, but who knows? Yeah. Although maybe I would have. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to know. And, you know, so much of what we see in the media, especially, I mean, it's getting better now, but back in the day, quote unquote, back in the day, there was not a lot of positive representation. And so the narratives we were thinking about were like, you're going to get beat up if you disclose as part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, even now I, around the holidays, I posted, I like tweeted something about um, the lack of, of representation in like holiday films. Mm -hmm. Um, And the number of people who commented like, well, actually there's the one with a Dan Levy and then there's also a Hallmark one. And I'm like, okay, so two out of (laughs) the 400 that came out this year is like supposed to be sufficient. I'm like, I don't know how to make a gay relationship work because I never saw one. Like, mm-hmm. so I that drives me crazy when anyone tries to be like, well, it's um, now there was the one with the guy from Mean Girls. I'm like, yeah, it's always the goddamn guy from Mean Girls <laughs> yeah. in like some Hallmark film. And that's supposed to be sufficient. Yeah. And then when you think about the movies that did make it, and how problematic those are (laughs) and it's like it's like such a slow um process I really I did and there's things that I'm like I never even realized how problematic like Silence of the Lambs I never really realized how problematic that movie was until recently when I would like saw it again and I was like this is like kind of a really fucked up portrayal of of like trans people it's which it always is like the the murderer i don't i um i've never seen it so i don't i can't i don't know oh. what you're speaking to um i'm a i am a wimp and i the littlest things scare me and so watching... the whole like <laughs> the whole premise is like they're hunting for this serial killer named buffalo bill and jody foster is like the the one going after him but he's finding um plus size women so that he can sew their skin into a bodysuit because he's trans and then he can wear their skin and be a woman is the whole like plot of the film, which I didn't realize until I got older and I saw it and I was like, oh, this is like fucked up that they're like insinuating that trans and like being mentally ill to the point of killing people to turn their skin into your body is... uh, goes hand in hand uh woof (laughs) that is i did not know that (laughs) yeah um wow that is definitely very problematic (laughs) yeah okay so i'll skip that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would say or maybe for pop culture reasons i should see it just i don't know yeah i mean jodie foster gives a hell of a performance i'll tell you that but (laughs) (laughs) every time i i every time i think of jodie foster i actually my first thought is when uh uh kate mckinnon is that her name from yes. saturday night live it does the impersonation of jodie foster and then i'm like okay that's not actually <laughs> jodie foster is. <laughs> it's like pretty close though i think yeah <laughs> I, I don't remember much of the impersonation but i do vaguely oh it's very funny <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm also a middle child and you have a podcast about being a middle child Oh, yeah. She'll have to come on. We don't usually have guests, but we'll make an exception. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Yeah, it's just like a fun, dumb, telling embarrassing stories of our lives and stuff. Um, And do they all have to do with being a middle child? Or is that just like the the premise that connects you? No, it's me and uh, my co-host is Jesse Jollis. And we just both are middle children. And that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense to me. That's really why. (laughs) Um. You said something that I'm, I want to know more about is, um, and it was kind of an impassing comment that you think you're bra- you're braver then than you are now. I've been feeling that like a lot lately. I think um, not only about that, but like about career stuff too. Where I feel like I used to just be such a like I'll ask for what I want and like do what I want and be, and I feel like in the past couple years it's just. I've been like, well, what's the point of doing this? Because it's just going to end in rejection, whether it be career or personal or whatever. Um, So I'm like actively trying to work on 
getting back to, and I think maybe, I guess back then it was, I had nothing to lose. So Mm. why not? But I'm, I'm working on it. I, I, it's just like not as easy once you're like over 30, I feel like rejection hits harder for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough. Especially I think and if this is putting words in your mouth, please stop me. But um, I think for me, it's like I always get caught up in the shoulds of like I mm. should have already done this by now. I should, you know, I should already be married or blah, 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 be the here in my career. And so for me, it feels like there's more at stake. It's like yeah. I, sh- I don't want to like bump myself back even further. But even like what are the shoulds and why am I trying to follow a narrative that like isn't meant for me? Yeah, that's exactly how I remember I would like look up like um, comedians or actors or or people that I really liked and like see what they did to get there. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, I have to do this. And then I realized I'm like, every single one of them has like a completely different story of how they got there. And like, so I have to make my own story to get where I want to be. Um, And actually there's a Sarah Bareilles song. I know she was a fan of the show, Um, but there's like a lyric that's like, if you compare where you are to where you want to be, you'll get nowhere. And Mm. I like just listened to that the other day and I was like, Oh God, I'm in high school again. (laughs) Um, But it's true. Um, I love that you just said that because yes, that's, that's from the song uncharted. And I love that lyric so much. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Oh, she's so good. Um, oh, God. I'm like flustered now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's quoted Sarah Bellis to me before. So I oh, like, I'll props to you. quote her all day long. <laughs> um, did you? So she has a uh, quick Sarah Bellis side note. Um, so she was she was in our first ever ally episode. Um, so I got to interview her, which was like a dream. She's the nicest. And do you know that I actually have two funny Sarah Bareilles stories because I loved Sarah Bareilles. Like I have seen her, I saw her open for Maroon 5 when I was in high school and I was like just there for her. (laughs) Um, And then I've seen her, I think two other times. And then I had um, my best friend got me tickets for Waitress when she was in it because I, and I had already seen Waitress, but she got it because of her. And it was the one show that she missed. Oh, no. And she wasn't there. And I was like, God damn it. And then literally, I think the next week, I was um, going. I had a show and Kelly Quinn was going to thank you for coming out. Mm. And was like, do you want to come with me to thank you for coming out? And I was like, I have to work early. I better go. And I was on the train and she texted me and was like, Sarah Bareilles is sitting in front of me. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? How does this <laughs> keep happening? Um, but someday. Someday. I have, I, I have waited on her actually twice. And she was very, very nice, even when I messed up her order because I was so flustered. Oh, my God. That's so nice. I feel like that's a, the true measure, like character, tr- measure of character is if you someone's hungry and you mess their order up and they're still nice to you <laughs> she I think she like completely knew that I was so flustered because I also was like oh my god it's just that <laughs> and she like got no cheese or something and it literally came I think like covered in cheese <laughs> and she's like it's I can pick it out it's it's fine oh uh, so god bless her yeah I um I don't know if you've listened to her new her newest album but there's a song called on on it called Orpheus Oh, I think I have. Um, go, please listen to I it. I have to, I'm like stuck in, um, I feel like when I moved to the city, the radio, like you stop listening to the radio. So I'm yeah. like, new music is like hard to come by. That's fair. So I will. Yeah. Her new album is so good. And so there's a lyric, we did not give up on love today. Mm. And I like, to me, that lyric is about like, not is about self-love for me. It's like not giving up on loving myself and like really trying to keep showing up for myself Um, and I keep looking at my arm because I asked her if she would write that lyric for me. Oh my God. I I got it tattooed in her handwriting. (gasps) Oh Um, my God. I love that. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Such a dream. She's just, she's a sweetie. All right. Anyway, Sarah Bareilles, thank you for coming out. Um, but (laughs) as an ally, um, so, um, 
I want to switch gears because you mentioned doing drag and you have your wigs and you do drag for work and curious like how you got into drag and what drag makes you feel like and all the good stuff. All so I, the first time I did it was at a UCB show. Um, Elise Morales had written a show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians, episode 666, the heir to Kardashian Manor. And it was about the Kardashians inheriting a haunted house. <laughs> and she asked if I wanted to play Cam. Um, and I was like, yes, I would love nothing more. And I like got my cheetah print dress and I, I got, you know, a shitty wig and my friend did my makeup and the show was, I gave birth to a Bratz doll on stage. It was like <laughs> very fun. And I, like felt so like fierce. I just felt, and I still do. I'm like in drag, I just feel like fearless. Um, and there was a girl at Betches at the show and she was like, I want to like do a video, like types of girls at brunch. Um, and so I have like probably like 50 different uh, types of girls videos now, but the first one was brunch. So I did that. And then this was like five, four or five years ago. And then I would do like comedy shows and I would be billed as Fat Carrie Bradshaw because that was my Instagram handle. And that just kind of became my drag name and persona, even though I, I probably wouldn't have picked that if that wasn't the case. Mm. Um, I actually would pick Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean, mm. um, I think is a funny, but yeah, so I did that and then little by little it just turned into like doing actual drag shows and then um I was working for a restaurant for a long time and I worked in the office of the restaurant group for like six months and the um the person that sat behind me was a drag queen as well so and now he's like one of my best friends and we were doing monthly shows and then yeah it just became like a full thing and I and then I would you know sometimes I wear makeup and whatever I you know I shop in the number of times I've had Walmart cashiers be like oh I don't think that's the the met and I'm like yeah I know I like the way that the uh I like literally wear leggings all the time I don't care so I just have kind of given up on any um borders I guess or boundaries in that way um and yeah I really have never looked back on that but the fact that my parents are like very supportive of it um and like my mom's has friends that like follow me on Instagram and stuff Mm -hmm. um it's very it's nice I think that when I started getting paid for doing it it became like okay well whatever (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um what do you think it is about um doing drag that makes you feel fierce or fearless I think I remember the first time I saw a drag queen and I was like seven. It was the first time we, I went to the city um, for the Macy's Day Parade. And I remember seeing this like tall ass drag queen in like these huge heels and this big blue fur. Um, and I did not know what a drag queen was or that she was one. Um, but I remember my my other cousin being like, oh my God, look at her. And uh, I think my uncle or someone was like, oh, oh, I remember the look on his face was like, like terror. Mm. Um, and I remember being like, wait, something's different about her. And then, yeah, I just, I never thought growing up that I would um, be one just because I wasn't like brave enough to be one. But now, I don't know, there's something about it that just, like, when you're in drag, you can kind of say and do whatever you want and get away with it, I feel like. <laughs> um, and I don't know, it's, I think a lot of drag queens are, like, kind of, like, bitchy, for lack of a better word, like, comically. Um, but I would be so nervous before, and now I am that. So I feel like it's just... I don't know if it makes me feel like brave. I'm like, I can walk down the street in heels and this big wig and, you know, have people say things to me, but I still look better than they do. I don't know. (laughs) It's like hard to explain, but I really do feel better. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, that's great. I love that. It sounds like I'm, again, if this is putting words in your mouth, stop me, but it sounds like it's empowering to you. Yes. And it's like, (laughs) and it's like, it's letting you embrace certain parts of who you are in a way that feels safe. Yes, totally. That is very much how I feel. And I think like getting, uh, having other friends that do it now and stuff. Cause even when I was doing just the videos, it was, it wasn't the same, but like doing it on stage and like, it's great. I like did a, I hosted um, a panel for Bravo. Like Bravo has this like Bravo con festival. Um, and they asked me to like uh, mediate a, uh, a panel and I like did it in the full thing and the people lived. I was like, it just feels good. I feel like that's the performer is Fat Carrie. And then Chris is like the one watching documentaries about living off the land in Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have. uh, So um, Zoom, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do, has these filters um, that, uh, let me try to find it while we're talking. It's like the studio effects and you can like change your eyebrows and there's facial hair. And so I've been um, playing around with like beards. Oh, fuck yeah. And goatees and stuff. Oh, and I like that one. Yeah, this one's my favorite. And <laughs> it is literally so empowering. I'm going to keep it the rest of our interview. Do it. Um, it's so empowering and it makes me feel so good about myself. And um, I was helping a colleague facilitate a training for like, I don't know, there were like 30 people in this training. And I was like, should I keep this like on during the, this like professional work training? Uh, I do work for a queer organization, but anyways, she was like, yeah, do it. And my other colleague was like, they were like, yeah, do it. And so I did. And it was so amazing. And yeah, I just, you can't tell it's a filter at all. It's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm surprised Zoom has such like good uh, effects. <laughs> yeah, I know we do. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's something about being able to, because we're for for the majority of people, I would say we're not just one thing. We are we contain multitudes, and so yeah. to get to play with the different parts of our personalities and the different parts of our gender um, expression or what have you um, can be really empowering, especially when doing it in a safe space. Yeah, totally. I think yeah, that's something that comes with age, at least for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of drug things that I like, it feels like armor and it kind of does. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like a straight guy trying to make fun of me in drag is like, fuck you, I'll kill you. You (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to think of, but yeah, that armor, that armor of, I wonder if it's, hmm. How do I, there's a, I have a thought that I can't, I can't quite formulate, but I'll come back to it if it, if yes. I'm, if I'm able to do it. Um, so one of, one of my, um, so okay, I actually do have another question. Do you, besides like, say, like calling it like doing drag and dressing drag, is there another like term that you use for like, um, you said sometimes you just, you wear makeup, even if you're not performing or you, you shop in yeah say it explicitly but the women's section yeah yeah that's yeah. It. um which and i shop in the men's section and sometimes like bodies are bodies and so the clothes are not built for gender they're built for bodies and i wish people would realize that yeah yeah literally i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but is there another i was trying to like write a question about like gender expansiveness or or is it more like what do you call it so if anything that, I, I i guess i don't call it anything because mm-hmm. I have over the past few years been like, am I identifying like the right way? You know? Um, but I, I, I guess I am. I don't like feel the need to really change how uh, I identify. I feel like, but I'm like, sometimes I do feel definitely way more feminine than I do um masculine or whatever uh but then some days I feel like putting firewood like chopping you know so I don't know I guess I I just don't really label it and 
I don't know. It's like a confusing thing, but maybe someday I'll figure out the right terms and stuff for myself. But for now, I'm like, whatever pronouns people want to use for me are are fine. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I guess is the answer to your question. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's totally cool. And I think if if words are empowering, then that's great, but then they can also be really limiting. And so if there's not one that feels that's like exciting for you, then you don't need to have that. You don't have to put, you don't have to put words to anything unless you want to. Yeah. I think maybe I just haven't found the right words yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Every day is a new journey. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I didn't, learn that I was gender queer or like realize until I was 29 and mm. and it's and then you know looking back I was like oh that makes a lot of sense <laughs> everything yeah. makes sense um, <laughs> but it, it definitely is a journey and you know everyone's on their own timeline yeah and also yeah. also something might not ever change and you could just have a an ever-expanding way that you express yourself and that's also like totally valid yeah and I think the world of of drag is kind of evolved a bit where it's not so much it used to be like and I think that's kind of like RuPaul's mentality is like when he's in drag he like is she her when he's out of drag he's he him and it's like very cut and dry for him but I think a lot of drag queens aren't like that anymore Mm -hmm. because even even if you watch Drag Race I'm like they're like okay time to get in face and I'm like that bitch is going from one face to another face like that is not (laughs) like she's wearing more makeup as a quote-unquote her boy look than she is after so I think you know that world is is evolving yeah um there's a there's a, a I guess it's a web series that you have with Kelly Quinn. You brought Kelly up earlier, and I yes. am obsessed with. I think it's so funny. It's called Straight Marriage. Oh, thank uh, you. Can you tell everyone what that is? It's so funny. Um, I love. It's been so long now, and I love it still. Kelly and I still talk about how we want to do more. Please but um, Kelly is a lesbian, and she and I just play a straight married couple in the way that they like a la everybody loves Raymond um (laughs) like Ray don't go golfing um (laughs) like dumb things like that and it's just really fun to portray the world as though um and there's episodes where uh we're like well we're the unique thing like we're like well we're a straight couple and that's just how it is like the actors Chris and Kelly are supposed to be gay in a world where that's the mainstream. And then the the Chris and Kelly of straight marriage are playing, are supposed to be, it's like very one world inside of the other. Check out the behind the scenes episode, which is my personal favorite, the fake behind the scenes. Um, all the episodes are there. Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. There's one, I can't remember specifically, but there's one where, uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's like where one of you or both of you like almost throw up each time you have to kiss each other. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm like it's complicated, but like yeah. check it. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh uh, yes, I remember that very well because <laughs> Kelly um, threw up oatmeal on me. Oh my god! Oh, so <laughs> gross and hilarious. Um, so if you could give your younger self some advice, what would it be? be just be yourself I think is the best advice I can give and I spent so long um pretending to be something that I wasn't and like trying really hard to be something that I wasn't and like trying to fit in and I feel like it's so commonplace that people say this now but the thing that you think makes you different is the thing that like the rest of the world is going to really appreciate about you Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that I am very different than most other people in the world. And I'm very proud of that. And now it's like my favorite compliment when somebody says that to me, whereas before I would be like humiliated, but now it's like, 
that's where I don't want to fit into the mainstream um, anymore. So, you know what? Be a star and don't don't let anything dim your shine. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. It's reminding me of an Avril Lavigne lyric. I'd rather be anything but ordinary, please. <laughs> See, I did. I wasn't a big Avril person, but mm-hmm. I love that lyric. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so I don't want to do this, but I have to move us into our last segment, which is a lightning round of questions. Um, the other seasons, they were very like this or this, this or this. And then I kept being called out for like, that's too binary. So I have some non-binary questions. <laughs> um, and just answer as quickly as you can, though. Um, okay. Name your crayon, however you interpret that. Purple? Okay, great. I guess that's, I was trying, lavender. Well, we'll go with lavender. Lavender, great. Favorite time of day? Oh, dusk. Mm. Favorite current queer media representation? Uh, I just finished all of Shit's Creek, so that's what keeps coming to mind, even though I'm jealous because everyone says that I look like Dan Levy and my, my parents and I actually watched all of Shit's Creek together. So I'm, I will say Shit's Creek. Um, yeah, we'll say Shit's Creek. That's amazing. I love that you watch that together. It was, um, yeah, it was very good. But my parents kept being like, oh my God, he's exactly like you. Every time he would be like freaking out over something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> um, a song that makes your heart sore. Oh, there's so many. Um, right now I'm obsessed with Good Kisser by Lake Street Dive. Mm. Uh, um, also, like Sarah Bareilles, I was I got back to her um, her album, Many the Mile by Sarah Bareilles makes me cry like every time I listen to it. It's so good. Yeah, you're like going old school. Oh, I went back <laughs> to like 2008. Yeah. Um, favorite way to travel train favorite quote um i have like <laughs> so i have a tattoo that says listen to the muzzins which is from michelle silverstein poem mm. um but that's you know that was before i really knew about Shel silverstein uh <laughs> <laughs> um oh let me this is like so hard uh for some reason, the Robert Frost quote keeps popping into my head, but it's like, just because my mind is going blank, but I used to say it all the time. Um, the woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I've got promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep, um, which I do say to myself a lot when I'm like trying to go into auditions and stuff. I'm like, I got to I'll sleep when I'm dead. Lovely. Um, and I, I had to keep this one bagels or donuts bagels perfect 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 (laughs) um chris thank you so much for being here and for sharing um and i'll tag at fat carrie bradshaw so folks can follow you thank Um, you you're the best thank you so much you're the best thank you thank you for coming out thank you for coming out hey everyone it's your host dubs weinblatt Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps. And we want to hear from you. We want to know your coming out story. Head on over to Thank You For Coming Out's Instagram page, at Thank You For Coming Out, and click the link in our bio. There's a form there where you can submit your coming out story, either anonymously or with your name. And you could have the chance to hear your story read out on the Thank You For Coming Out podcast. We're so happy that you're part of our community, and we want you to know that your story matters. Thank you for coming out.